Hello, I'm Dr. Michelle McKinney-Hammond and welcome to Life Talk, where we discuss all things pertaining to living, loving, and overcoming. For the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about How to Make Love Work, which is actually a book that I'll be launching in April along with my Love Master class. So let's dig into the topic of love, how to work it, how to get it, how to keep it, and how to enjoy it. Before we get started today, I want to share with you something that I'm totally excited about. Do you want to know what to do until love finds you or how to recognize the right one? How to get from hello to I do? How to break unsuccessful cycles in your romantic life? How to get past loneliness? Well, the Love Master Class was designed just for you. It's all about getting real about life, love, and happiness and I hope you'll join me Um, it is chocked full of wisdom things for you to think about things for you to do and I've got so many praise reports from previous classes I think that it's your time this time simply log on to michellehammond.com and click on the love masterclass button and you're in can't wait to see you don't forget there's an early bird special for the month of February only Today, I want to discuss discussions. Yes. Oh, that thing that can make or break any of our relationships. That special skill called communication. (laughs) Oh, how do you get your point across without losing your mind or losing the relationship? There are some keys that I want to discuss with you on how to communicate effectively. Not just with a love partner, but with anyone. Okay, these keys today are going to help you uh, get what you want without losing the relationship. You know, a lot of times we strive to be right when we're having these conversations. And sometimes we end up making our point but standing alone because we weren't effectively communicating in a way that caused the other person to embrace what was on our heart. So I want to talk about that a little bit today. The first thing I'm going to tell you is never start a discussion while you're still angry. When we are angry, there's some things that we're going to say that we wish we hadn't said, and once they're out into the atmosphere, you cannot get them back. So the first rule is that you need to calm down, count to 10, figure it out, but walk away until you're able to calmly discuss the issue. Make notes if you have to. Keep a little notebook about the things that bother you. But we're going to go back and figure our way through those things that bother you to make them more palatable to the person that you want to present them to. Never, ever start a discussion when you're still angry. That is a cue for escalation, frustration, and a complete fallout in the relationship because the heat is on, the other person feels the heat, they'll spend all their time defending themselves rather than hearing what you really had to say. So we want them to be able to be relaxed when you talk to them. We want them to actually hear and want to help you through whatever it is that they're saying to you, 
okay? And that a lot of that happens with tone of voice, body language, and the way we approach the person. Now, every female that's ever said to a man, I want to talk to you, knows what happens, right? <laughs> they flee. Immediately, men don't like confrontation. When I think about the story of Esther in the Bible, how she dealt with the king when she had an urgent need, she pampered him first. She sucked him in to the whole vortex of her world and had him all like enthralled, like, oh, Esther, what do you want me to do for you, baby? I'll give it to you up to half the kingdom. That required skill. She could have run into the throne room and said, your henchmen are trying to kill my people. She didn't do that. She said, I just miss you. I want you to just come for dinner. She had a whole strategy for how she was going to get what she needed from the king. And so we have to actually be a little strategic too when we're communicating based on what it is that I want to get out of this discussion. What is the result that I want to have? Um, How am I going to do that? Let's plan the strategy. Now, of course, it's very important for you too to never ever confront that person in front of other people. Mm, that's not going to help because now ego is involved, pride is involved. All the things that are going to stand in the way of you getting to mutual ground are involved if you decide to confront that person in front of others. And actually, that's not even biblical because the word tells us that if someone offends you, you should go to that person by yourself and deal with that person first. If they don't listen to you, then you can bring two witnesses as mediators to work that thing through um, from an objective point of view. Now, if they still don't listen to you, then you go to the church or you go to a counselor, someone who's in authority to help sort it out. And if they still don't listen, then you have to back up and release that person to be on their own no longer involved with you until they either come to their senses or permanently go their way. So that is the biblical approach to dealing with offense, and I probably need to flush that out in a longer podcast, but I wanted to bring that up here because we're talking about not confronting in front of other people. Uh, Before you have the conversation, it's really important for you to stop and take the time to figure out why you were offended. Really assess that because sometimes when we stop and we think about it, it leads us to examine ourselves. Did I have a part in this and whatever it is that happened? I've got to own my stuff before I go to the other person. Because if I don't, and it's all about them, but you've been involved or, um, you know, implicit in what happened, that's going to be brought up and then there's going to be a tit for tat and back and forth. So take the time to assess why you were offended. The next thing I want you to do is to take the time to discern between real needs and unrealistic desires. Some things are not important enough to make into a major issue. They can be handled in a different manner. So confronting your partner when it's not crucial to the love connection turns you into a nag. Nagging is unattractive, okay? I mean, when we get to Proverbs, that poor guy who wrote Proverbs must have been nagged a lot because he's got a lot to say about nagging and how it's better to live on the corner of a roof than with a troublesome woman who won't leave you alone. So I don't know if he was getting nagged or not, but hey, nagging is unattractive and it does not solve anything. Literally, ladies, when you're dealing with your man, you have to be unemotional 
and a little strategic in presenting your issue to him so that he's not turned off by the emotion and he hears the facts. Men are very bottom line people. They just want to fix it right away. They don't want to go around and around and up and down and spend three hours discussing it because they're fixers and they feel more and more helpless as we go on and on and on without giving them a solution. Which brings me to my next point. Think about a solution before you talk to him, okay? Um, How can you help him help you? Because if he knew better, obviously he would have done better. So it's very, very important that you tell him what you need, what you want, so that he can do that for you. Because at the end of the conversation, this is what he's going to say to you. So what do you want me to do? Which is going to make you frustrated because you think that he should already know what to do. Well, he doesn't. So help him help you by having a solution saying, if you did this, it would make me really happy. Guess what? He's going to do that because he lives to be your hero. He just doesn't always know how. Which brings me to my next point. Don't misjudge your partner's motives. Remember that if he truly loves you, there's a huge chance he didn't know his actions were harmful to you. Okay, so your partner is not the enemy. Talk to him the way you would talk to a friend about the issue that's bothering you between the two of you. And watch him unfold, watch him be more open to receive, not correction, but suggestions about how to make your relationship work better than it has in the past. Approaching him in a way that makes him feel he has to defend himself will not work in your favor. So approach him as a friend. Let him know that you know he's on your side, but this is what you need from him. Now, I think after all of this, we need to take a break.
If you enjoyed the music of my music ministry, Relevance, you can download music at RelevanceLife.org and follow us on all social media platforms at Relevance Life. Now, everything that I've said doesn't apply just to the romantic partner in your life. This applies across the board with those that you are walking in relationship with, family, co-workers. You know the level of the relationship. You should know their heart motivation towards you. Um, And so based on that, have a different approach when you have an issue uh, that you're dealing with with them. Make sure that you set the atmosphere for them to receive what you have to say. And the best way to do that is always start from a positive place. Make sure you take the time to praise them, honor them, respect them, and give them their roses before you clarify where you're having an issue with them in the present time. Um, For example, if they said something that hurt your feelings, share how you appreciate their ability to always express what they're feeling in an honest fashion. Acknowledge that they may not have realized that they wounded you when they said what they said, okay? Now that you've gotten that out of the way, you can then say what you felt about how they said what they said to you or whatever it is that they did. Now, the other thing that's really important is do not beat a dead horse. You do not have to nurse and rehearse the same line over 20 times. They got it. Okay, and if they didn't get it, step back for a while, let it sink in so that they do get it. But once again, nagging is unattractive. You don't have to put the message on repeat. Release it into the atmosphere and let it land where it may. And then seal the conversation with a positive statement. I mean, for example, I really appreciate you hearing me. It makes me feel good to know that I can come to you when I'm hurting. That way you're empowering them and making them want to do better because they know that you expect better from them. Now, as I said, before you go into all of this, you need to be clear on why you need what you need because sometimes people don't get it. What's important to you isn't important to everyone else. So be able to clearly um, address how to address your need. Don't leave them guessing how to do it. Give them specifics on what would make you feel better or what would make you receive what they were doing in a better way. And then plan, set a plan for improvement together. You know, make it a project that both of you are involved in so that the other person doesn't feel that it solely rests on them to do uh, things to make you feel better. Don't just leave it to the other person to have to dig their way out of the offense or whatever it was that occurred between the two of you. Set a plan to improve together. You can ask them, how can I help you with this? Um, If you're not clear on on how I felt or, or, or what I meant when I said what I said, how can I help to make things clearer for you? How can we move forward together to make this better? Okay. And then when they get it right in little stages, praise them. Let them know that they're getting it right. Because here's the thing. If they start changing what they're doing and you don't acknowledge it, they don't know that things got better and they'll fall back into their old habit. So it's very, very important for you to um, address and say, I see you. I see you trying. 
thank you so much. That means so much to me. It empowers them. And, you know, anytime that you tell a man he's getting something right, he wants to do more of it because, as I said, he lives to be your hero. He wants more praise. And if he's figured out a way to get it, he's going to keep doing it and doing more to get even more praise. Now, last but not least when it comes to this, when you have an issue, please do not email Please do not text. Please do not send things to their DM. Do this in person. It can be so easily misread, your tone of voice, your motive, your intentions, your state of heart when you send a text. You might be saying in your text, you know, it really hurt me when you did this. And the person can read it like this. You know, that really hurt me when you did this. They don't know your tone of voice. They don't know your posture. Um, They can't see you. They can't see your demeanor. Okay, and so now I'm not telling you to do a voice memo either. No, these types of conversations need to happen in person. Touch is very important. Your posture is very important. Eye contact is very important. A smile is very important. Everything about your countenance is going to weigh into the conversation and affect the outcome. So make sure that you do these things in person when you're hurting, when you feel betrayed, when you're disappointed, whatever the feeling is, whatever happened in the relationship, make sure that you do it in person because person to person will solve the issue much easier than if you're texting, emailing, or sending someone to tell them for you. No, no, no. Cut all of that out. I know that we're not people who readily like confrontation, but it's good for the soul and it clears up things. As a matter of fact, I'm going to say that most of the time when we're upset with folks, it's bigger than really what the issue was. And sometimes it's got nothing to do with you. The person could have been upset about something else and said something that had nothing to do with you. So it's really important to get with the person and say, did you mean it when you said this? Or did you mean it when you did that? Most of the time, the answer is going to be, wow, really? You got that? No, no, no. I didn't mean that at all. Clarity comes with communication. Healing comes with communication. Peace comes with communication. And the word of God tells us with all that is within us, always pursue peace. So I hope that helped you today. Communication is key to relationships. Hey, if you enjoyed our discussion today, don't just keep it to yourself. Share it with a friend, like, and subscribe. Consider donating to MMH Ministries. More details in the caption. We'd love your feedback, or perhaps you have a question. Email us at askme at michellehammond.com or DM me on any of my social media platforms. And we'll talk soon.